And now, two old school guys talking about music and stories about their radio days. It's T-Man and John, the music freaks. <laughs> I figured this would be appropriate for today since uh, yep. we have our interviews today. With talk, 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 talk. All talk, they talk. do is talk, talk. Some of them, really, that's all they did was talk, talk. But he sang through the whole song. He did. Mm. How about maybe have a recitation like an old George Jones song at the end? Ah. And there you were just talking the whole time. Well, good. See? All I you knew- do is talk, talk. I knew talk, you would talk. throw in some other references that I was talk, unaware of. Talk. All you do to me is talk, is talk, 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 talk. Hey, John, John. Hey, Tone Tone. What's up, man? <laughs> Episode 18. That's what's up. Already here. I'm 18 and I don't know what I want. Ah, okay. Um, I uh, I definitely had a smile on my face coming in to uh, get into the podcast bunker today. Yes. These stupid lizards around my house, they love my car. And they'll hang out on my car, anywhere on my car. The tires, windows, mm-hmm. windshield, the hood of the car. Well, I freaked out two of them today coming over here. How did you do that? They were both on the car. Oh. All of a sudden, the car starts moving. Right. Well, the little one, I don't know if he just flew off, jumped off, did a suicidal dive. I don't know what he did. Oh, man. But the big one was- I hate to see the kids go so young. I know. But the big one was a riot. He was freaking out. He's all over the place. I'm moving. What do I do? What do I do? He's on the side window. He's on the windshield. He's holding on for dear life on the windshield wiper. I mean, I was doing like 47 miles an hour, and he was still gripping on. <laughs> but I I lost him somewhere, did, about maybe halfway did here. Did he have a British accent? Uh, I didn't take time to notice. Okay. And not that I wanted to, because I don't think he could have saved me any money on my car insurance. What if, so was this just a lizard as an old school lizard, or was it a gecko? Because there's some old, old lizards school. that kind of like, you know, chill, and they just oh. kind of go. Then the geckos came in here yeah. sometime 20 years ago, yep. and they they could haul butt. I know. And I was like, wait a minute, how can we, we get souped up uh, lizards around Florida here? And maybe it's the monster drinks. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But <laughs> they're juiced on something high yeah. on life high on life yeah hey uh we've got a few uh let's see what do we do we're doing a, we have a few interviews today we're going to do i i especially am looking forward to hearing it once again i've heard it no one else has heard it um i had the chance to uh interview olivia newton john how long ago what is this this is about five years ago Okay. 20, and th- 2017. This, this probably started the whole idea of maybe do some interviews because we were talking about her when she passed away. Right. And we had mentioned right. that, that you had talked to her. So, And it never that, ran because the concert canceled here right. in town. She was going to be, I think, if, if, if I, I probably say I it during the interview. I think we say interview, it. I've listened to these. The Thrasher Horn Center or yes, the Florida Theater? Yes, it was the Thrasher Theater. Horn. It was the Thrasher, okay. Yeah, in Orange Park. And... Um, and unfortunately, it was a wonderful interview. She's a she was a wonderful person. I yep. mean, to talk to, very easygoing. Very sounded like she really just enjoyed life. And there were a few things I hit her with that she did not know. Um, you know oh yeah, you read. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll wait. We'll wait. And, yeah, and, but that's going to be all for yourself. That's going to be coming up here in a little bit. And uh, we have some others as well. And then we'll do some rapid fire. We'll mix that in. No audience today. It's just we have plenty of an audience. Well, we had an we audience have, at one. Tegan was here, but uh, she has to go to work. Well. Yeah, Tegan is uh, hopped up on pumpkin spice. We talked about that for a little bit. I can't stand pumpkin spice. Anything pumpkin spice, just don't even bother. Get that shit away from me. I'm not really? a fan. No? Not a fan. I don't I don't uh, mm, wait with bated breath for September. 
for but they pumpkins, hype it, but don't I like they? it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can't. I don't. I don't buy into hype. Any hype? No, they I, hype I, it. I do not. Where do you hear? Where do you hear this? Is it like on social media where I'm not? Yeah. Or on television where I'm not? Yeah. See, that's why I don't have any problems with any of this crap because I, I don't see the you don't barrage. See any I don't get the barrage. It is a barrage because they show more and more products that have pumpkin in it that shouldn't. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, they spaghettios now with pumpkin. <laughs> hey, you know they do have a Cheerios. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're gonna run out and buy that now, aren't you? No, I, I'm you. not. I'm not enamored with pumpkin, but I no, do good. love pumpkin. The pumpkin pie cheese, uh, pumpkin pie blizzard at Dairy Queen. Now, oh, see, maybe brother. I could. Maybe, maybe if I had to try one, it's good. That might be the way to go with ice cream. That's about all I do. I do like the donuts. There's a pumpkin donut at yeah. uh, Sonati's, and that's fine. I like it. Okay. But I'm not, I'm, I, I, I wasn't in line. All right, name dropper. Okay. Sonati's, they're at the beach. I know. <laughs> they're not paying. Hey, they could be one of our maybe possible sponsors. Yeah. Thank you, Sonati's. Lobby, lobby. Sonati, 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 Sonati. <laughs> Oh, man, now he's going for a free dozen. <laughs> That's what you're looking at now, aren't you? <laughs> it's going to be subliminal the whole time. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, you'll be hearing from Chuck Negron. Yes, his mom, Mike Sonati, and see. Dirk's Bentley Sonati. See. And, uh, now, now look, before we start one of the interviews, uh, John and I, we've been around here so freaking long. We've known people. We've seen people come and go yes. and then there are the wonderful people that hang around and hang around because they know what the business is all about and they actually do hits um but then there are others one would we even say one hit wonders in some cases yeah i mean because a lot of times maybe they were like trying to hit and they missed oh, on the charts yes oh i we had plenty that's the thing with country radio which I've been doing for 33 years, right. is that they bring everybody around. Yeah, They bring everybody. And that's the great thing. I mean, we had, I'm trying to think of the last, well, Lainey Wilson just got nominated for six CMAs. Yeah. And I got a picture of her sitting in my office and we're just sitting there hanging out for about two hours. Sure. They all come through. And so uh, just as many don't make it as do. Right. In fact, more. Right. And so sometimes you put them on the air and sometimes you don't. I had uh, wonderful interviews with uh, Edwin McCain. Okay, yeah, dude had such some hits. A, such a down-to-earth guy. Mm-hmm. You know, good friends with Darius Rucker and all the rest of the Blowfish. Um, he's a Carolina guy, right? He's a South Carolina guy, yep. yep. And, um, Great voice. And then uh, the one inter- – I never did an interview with Britney Spears, but we met. Mm-mm-mm. She uh, she came by WAPE in 1998 before anybody knew what Baby Hit Me One More Time was. Mm-hmm. She, she came in the studio with her manager, and it was just the manager – her, my boss, and me went into the conference room. We watched the video. Ah. And we looked at each other and said, yeah, this could do something. And then she took a picture with me in the studio with my mullet. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it was one of the last years of my mullet. It was about to go away. Don't lie. No, it was. It was about to go away. <laughs> okay. I, I, would, I didn't play Joe Dirt for the, my whole life. Okay? <laughs> okay. But I asked her right before we took the picture. I said, so are you getting used to this yet? And she said, yeah, kind of. So then five years later, she's in Orlando, 2003, at the uh, Amway yeah. Arena the Center. The Odome or what I mean, yeah. the Orlando Arena. And, yeah, and the place was slammed. Okay, well, they had a backstage. It was not a meet and greet. It was a press conference. Right. So many media there. Um, and then there were a group on the floor. There was a bunch of kids, little kids, probably like seven, eight-year-olds. And then there was this table. 
Well, I'm so sure that before Britney came out there, one of the tour guys, her manager or whoever he was, had to come out and give a speech to everybody that she was not going to take questions from any of the adults. The only questions she would take were from the kids. And she was in that press conference for seven minutes. Seven. Uh, thank you for giving all seven minutes of your time. And Brett. I'm like, see what happened in five years. In five, maybe it was three years. Might have been 2001 even. Mm-hmm. But in that shortest span of time, she went from being so humble and sweet to coming by the radio station with just her manager and a video. Yep. To that in That's Orlando. How it can it can blow up just like that. I had that with the Dixie Chicks. They were they came through when I Can Love You Better first song was out. And uh, I had listened to the album, and I loved their music. Yeah. Loved them. And hang out with them. They played the Crazy Horse. Did they? Yeah. They played it right when There's Your Trouble was coming out, their second single. And that night on the tour bus, sat there on the tour bus with them. And I, because I, I told them I wanted to be the fourth chick. Yeah. The way uh, Murray the K was the fifth Beatle. Right. I said, I want to be the, I want to be the fourth Dixie chick. And they were like, okay, if you go, and it was, of course, Natalie with her big nose. Yeah, right. right. If you're going to be the fourth chick, you got to look like one. And so she put makeup on me and whatever and put my hair in a bow and all this kind of crap. And oh, took, is there, are there pictures of that? Um, No. Good. No. Good. I, I, don't, no. Need the, I don't need more I, than I, that. It wasn't a lot of makeup. It was just a little blush. Yeah, okay. But that, there I am taking pictures that. with them. Yeah. And then that was in 1997. And then 2000, by 2000, yeah. they're in direct. Couldn't touch them. It was one of those things that was, you couldn't even slow down to say hi to. Him. Right, right. It was one of those kind of deals. Yeah. But that's what happens, man. You start yeah. hitting, and you got to get while you got to make hay while the sun is high because yeah. you never know when that next hit's going to come or not come. Right. And so it's just great to see them though when they've stayed the same though. Now they were still well, very nice, and they yeah. remembered me as the fourth chick. But the uh, most of the country acts we saw them, we see them as just like you saw Britney Spears. We see them when we don't know if they've got a hit yet. Yeah. None whatsoever. And then to see, and we had Blake Shelton. Yeah. Blake Shelton and I were, we, he came to town, was playing some small club. Yeah. Austin was just coming out, his first hit. Okay. And he, he had, talk about mullets. Brother had him a mm-hmm. mullet, and that was a 2000 mullet. Yep. 2001. Yeah. And he went to, uh, one of the, the country, what it was, it used to be Western World, whatever's the boot bar now or oh, something. Oh, yeah. And he was doing, a, he would come and he would sign autographs. Everybody come out and see Blake Shelton. And nobody wow. knew who he was. Wow. And he and I are standing out there at boot bar going, <clears throat> so, you know, so we got, we talked for an hour uh-huh. because. <laughs> it was slow. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that a nice way to put it? It was like we uh, we can't give these tickets away. I sure hope it sells. You uh-huh. know? Uh, but it was really cool. You, you heard know, crickets big yeah, time, didn't you? It was. And then people finally started coming in. But the first, I don't know, 25, 30 minutes, Boot Barn Employees and John. That was the name wow. of that party. <laughs> and so that was cool. So you get to see Blake. And then I saw him two years ago and hung out with him for about 30 minutes or so it's the same idiot he's the same idiot he just has a little bit more money and clout and you know but he's the same goober but that's so great to see so wonderful yeah i would say brad paisley's the same way is he brad's a little more talkative than he used to be very quiet yeah Uh, when i first met him he was just so quiet very shy uh which is funny because he's such a funny guy and now he's still just the same way yeah he is still Funny, quick, and actually more more assertive, more talkative. Kenny Chesney couldn't get four words out of the guy when I first met him. Yeah. And he was like, I, he had a, a Colts hat on. And I remember asking him, because we interviewed him on the air, and I was like, oh, and he was friends with Peyton Manning. We knew that. from He was from Knoxville. Yeah. And so I said, oh, did, did, did you get that hat from Peyton? And he was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. He, he gave me that. He oh. Gave me, 
I'm like, those are the longest Snap interviews. Out of it, Kenny. Yeah, those You're are on the, the radio. The longest interviews ever. And then the next time, it was a year and a half later. He was awesome. Yeah. And I was like, you know, sometimes it just clicks. Sometimes yeah. they get it. They get the confidence. And, and that's exactly it. Guys. That's exactly it. They they finally get that confidence that they can go anywhere and talk to anybody. Yep. And uh, we had actually at the ape before Britney Spears, the Backstreet Boys stopped by. Oh, cool. And their first hit was Quit Playing Games With My Heart, and mm-hmm. it wasn't out yet. So they came by, and the five of them stood in our office and sang it a cappella. That was very cool. But then we didn't hear a boo from them after that because they got too damn big. Oh, right. And um, But I will say that the one guy that, that I can remember who really, he just loves music. He's so into the craft. John Mayer. Yes. John Mayer is just an amazing song guy. Right. He's just so into the music and lyrically, he likes lyrics, but I think he's more about the musical uh, arrangements. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's a guitar. Gu- he's a guitar oh, he's, slinger. He's playing that guitar, but from the from the humble beginning at Club Five, yep. in front of three hundred, maybe five hundred people, to now, he's always stayed the same. That's always. cool. Yeah. And, and, you know, I saw that. I saw that with him when, uh, who knew he was great friends with Bob Saget? Yeah. And when Bob Saget passed away and right. John Mayer and uh, and somebody else were doing some doing some things and it yeah. was just John Mayer talking. Right. And I was like, wow, that's, just, that's the same that's the same guy that swung through, you know, a radio station back when he first came out. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Some of them stay that way and then, like with the Kenny Chesney thing, too quiet and then you can't shut them up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. They've all been, they've all been really cool. Yeah, they've all. I've. I mean, I don't think I've ever had. I mean, some are just they were shy. Yeah, and maybe a little boring on the radio and yep. whatever. And you try to bring that out. You try yep. to bring them and get them rolling. But yep. I never had a bad experience with a country artist. Okay, the worst interview I ever did. Yeah, the worst. Tell me ever. Tell me the great, incredible Gene Chandler, the Duke of Earl. Do you remember when he came by uh, when we worked at ninety five together? Vaguely. He came by one morning. That's a lot of years ago. I know. And this is how bad the interview was. I still remember it. So, Well, yeah, you're scarred for life after that. I know. Yeah. Because it's like my first real live interview. Right. Because when I worked at the other station, I only did one phoner with Adrian Dantley. And that went okay because we talked basketball. And I don't know why Adrian Dantley called. I think Utah? it was the wrong. Was that Utah? I think it was the wrong number. Did yeah. you play Utah? Yes. Adrian Dantley, the great basketball player. Yeah, okay. And he was, it was great. He was, you know, he was pimping something i can't remember what it was. was and so we talked basketball the whole time i said oh i think your time's up you know he said all oh, right man that's good and uh and then my first real live interview with somebody was gene chandler oh that's your first one my first real well, life that's, that's like, another in, reason you remember it yeah it's true i'm thinking man you know gene chandler the old duke of earl from okay so duke of earl was a hit in 1960 or 61 uh-huh. right yeah 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 so he's got a new record Gene's got a new record. In the 80s? Yes, it's 1985, and he's got a brand new record, and he's running to all the radio stations in hopes that, you know, maybe to come say hey to people. Don't okay. don't worry, I don't think it charted. I, so, I want to see. No, I, I, I got to see it I now. Doubt it did. My curiosity's got me. And so, Gene Chandler, <laughs> and all I knew, I mean, it was out of nowhere. It wasn't like, hey, Gene Chandler's coming by this week. Right. It didn't like you left me an you know, a, a, a actual memo or something. Um. And then he just showed up. Hey, hey, you got time for Gene Chandler? And I was like, 
Yeah, sure. I'll bring Gene Chandler in here. I love to shake his hand, man. It's a freaking Duke of Earl. And so he walks in, and I'm like, hey, would you, you know, you going to go, would you like to go on? Yeah, man, yeah, let's do something. That'd be great. Let's do something. So instead of taping it, which I should have done, I go live, and I'm asking him, and I was like, so, <laughs> here he is, the Duke of Earl, Gene Chandler. Yay! Yeah, Gene Chandler. And then you're like, so, Gene. <laughs> what have you done since the Duke of Earl? <laughs> 25 years. <laughs> Canvas the next 25 years of your life. The last time we heard crap from you was the Duke of Earl. Yeah, it was a great song. But oh. boy, that was a quarter of a century ago. Yep. It was before I was born. Right. So, Gene, tell me about your, what have you done since then? And he basically had to defend his career. And like, well, uh, I had... Uh, <laughs> He's naming you these really? other hits. Uh, I'm just like, hell, I didn't know what to ask the guy. You didn't. It came out wrong. I was just like, so what's been up? What's How's it going with you? So what have you been doing since Duke of Earl? Wow. And he goes, uh, well, I had a hit called Groovy Situation. Groovy Situation and, in 1970. And so I never knew the name of that song. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> and then he started, I said. Who the hell is this guy interviewing yeah, me asking does, these questions? He does morning. So I, you got a uh, real winner yeah. here. <laughs> so I was 24 Oh, oh wow, man. John. Yeah. And uh, then he finally sang part of uh, Groovy Situation. Yeah. Gonna make a mind if it takes all night. I said, oh, I, re- I remember, I remember I that. Love that song. That's what that's called? It's okay. called Groovy Situation. Wow. And he's looking at you like, who the F is yeah. this? And then, yeah. uh, you know, I, I stay, I keep, I work. And I'm like, so, so you, you know, I kept asking stupid, so do, do you work regularly? Do you, do you have another job? What yeah. do you, how is UPS these how days? Do, yeah. How do you make ends meet, Gene Chandler? Oh, my Lord. Oh, it was the worst interview. And he oh. was so gracious and so kind the last thing that showed up for him in the book was 1980 Oof! some song called Do, does she have a friend okay it went to 101 there you go <laughs> no wonder he was so happy so, i put so, him on the radio so really after duke of earl what was there what's this groovy situation groovy what is situation, that and then, that was it and then that was oh, it so that's, that's the, the worst oh, interview John. on my end there have been oh, some boring John. people on the other end oh. we had a guy this is this is a guy who we interviewed. <laughs> it was this is his fault. Uh, sure, blame it on him. This is a nine. This is right after nine eleven. Oh, and okay. the the nine eleven. Yeah, and so we had a, a you know we were getting all these crazy people I told you about. You know, like Peter yeah. Falk and all these ABC stars yeah. and NBC stars. Right, and so we got this guy who had written a book. He had interviewed Osama bin Laden, oh, okay. like in nineteen ninety nine. Wow. So here's a guy who who had interviewed Osama bin Laden, and he goes, hey, would you like to talk to a guy who interviewed Osama bin Laden two years ago? We're like, crap, yes. Are you kidding me? Sure. This is is great. Jump at that. Yeah. And so we get him on, and we're telling this. So so you actually, tell us what what do you, tell us what you know, and and, you know, how his mind works. And is he an intelligent guy? Is he as intelligent as people say? And the guy goes. Well, you know what was more interesting to me was the the train ride from Marrakesh to Kabul. And he starts telling us in detail about the train trip he took from Marrakesh to get to a bin Laden. And, and we're listening to him, and we look, <laughs> we're looking at each other, and we tried to bust in a few times. Yeah. It was Boomer and Cece. Okay. And so, and we're looking at each other like, do we bust in on this guy? Because he's telling this long, boring-ass story about a train trip 
on the way to meet to the terrorist public enemy number one. And nobody's with him, and there's nothing exciting about this trip. Nothing and he's about talking the trip. All about it. It's all about well. And then I had to transfer. And when I went, okay, hey, um, and so when you talk to, and and then then my luggage, you know, he's going through the whole trip. Well, it ended up by the time he got done, we were done, and we went. Okay, well, thank you so much, and just hung up. Well, we kept him, and I I just saved it, you know, at the time. Yeah. And, that was always our joke. We're like, if we don't have a, you know, we don't have something. You just throw him We on. don't have something for the 705 break. Yeah. I said, well, we, we always have that guy who, who interviewed Bin Laden. And that oh. would just crack everybody. I was like, oh, okay, that break couldn't have been worse than oh, that, right? Wow. You know? So that was the, the pinnacle of Ooh. the worst interview on his part. Ooh. And it was so promising. Ooh. But so, we've got some that we did save. Yes, we did. And uh, I wish I would have saved more. But I, I really, I don't remember. I met so many folks. And you do the backstage meet and greet thing, and you at the time you didn't have any convenient thing to record with. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'll just I'll say this before we get into one of the interviews. I'm I, the one time I, there were two artists that I met backstage. It was a last second thing, and I wish because back then too you didn't have a damn camera. No, you just you're backstage all of a sudden, and bam, here's Stevie Wonder. Yes. I, and the time I met Stevie Wonder, I had no idea I was going backstage. It was 1985. That's when Part Time Lover was out, went to number one. Uh, yeah, I was at that show. And you were at the show? Yep. I was. Uh, that was a very cool show. Well, uh-huh. all of a sudden, the record rep, Joyce Straws, who I loved tremendously, don't know if she's still around or not. All of, I mean, he's finishing his last song, and she finds me, and my ex wife is there with me, but she pulls me out of the seat. I right. mean, literally, come on! And I leave the X in the dust. And here we are, two people who shouldn't be running backstage at the Coliseum. (laughs) Right. And we're running through the Coliseum backstage. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Is this place on fire? What are we doing, Joyce? Come on. We only got a minute. Come on. So we finally get back there. And I can't remember if it was Jake Godbold or Tommy Hazuri, whoever the mayor was at that time. Right, Jake. They're handing... He's handing Stevie the key to the city. Wow. Now, Stevie just was on stage, all dapper in his yeah. you know, fancy, fancy his, duds. Doing his Stevie thing, man. And then all of a sudden, he's backstage in a flannel shirt, accepting the key to the city. And Joyce bumps me up there, and everybody else in the backstage is going, who the hell is this guy? Right. And she bumps me up to meet the man. And I look at Joyce as if to say... Do you have a camera? She knew exactly where I was going. Right. She didn't. No. And I'm like, son of a bitch. I'm meeting Stevie Wonder and nobody has a freaking camera. The other time that happened was with Brian Adams. I didn't know I was going to meet the guy. Right. Maybe it was a good thing. You know, Brian had awful acne. Yes. And boy, his face looked like he had been beaten mm-hmm. to hell. Right. Somebody just knocked him against a wall so, or something we'll take somewhere. Pictures, no close-ups. No, you. I mean, but it was obvious. He, his complexion. Was yeah, no, it was. Awful. It was bad. It was so bad you really couldn't. You couldn't like yeah. cover it up too bad. Yeah. But that, those are the two that I wish I would have had the opportunity and when to you at sh- least get. And a, when you shook Stevie's hand, did you ask him what had he done since fingertips? No, I did not. See, that you were one step ahead of me than because the Duke of freaking Earl. I knew what Stevie Wonder had done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm looking we at him. We all knew. Yeah, and I'm looking at him going, he's got the freaking key to the city now, too. How cool was that? That's great. Yeah. That, that's, that is, uh, yep. that's, that's awesome. Yeah. 
But yeah, there have been so many, and, and I didn't. I I'm the same way with you. Uh, I did save it, but technology had changed so much. We have a lot. I have some on mini discs, which you can't even find a mini disc player. Say, where the hell do you convert that? I know, and that's what we had to tape things, and we would yeah. tape our interviews on mini discs. Right. So right. I have them. I have them stored somewhere. Well, you, you have mini discs. What about that? tapes oh exactly i think i had a few on that's the same thing what do you do audio tape yeah what do you do with them i know and so somewhere somehow yeah that's why the ones we have saved and the ones that you know are somewhere the ones you have and some of these go back the oldest one and what is that oh seven maybe or something with Uh, uh, rob Rob thomas Thomas one one. yeah rob thomas i met him in 19 matter of fact if you want to start with that one that'd be all right i i um i met rob in 98 when matchbox 20 was really just exploding Mm -hmm. uh push was out that was a huge song for them uh 3 a.m. was huge. Back for Good or Back to Good. Uh, Long Day. That album um, was just so big. And he was just so cool. Got a picture with him in 98. And then we did this phone interview when he started doing the solo stuff. Right. And was just, he's one of those guys, Rob, come on by, let's talk. And he would. He was not shy. He was, I mean, he was very, very cool. That is cool. Let's dive in, and I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you about guys who, who come prepared, and you just love the fact when guys come prepared. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. All right, here's Rob Thomas with Tony Mann back in the day, the day, 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 <laughs> Sierra, Missy Elliott, and Tony Mann all request lunch. Bro- what are you, like 12? No, I was excited. Okay. That was the caffeine rush. Oh, that's right. That we be going back to the uh, Dude, let me tell Mountain you, Dew. when I worked at WAPE, I did 10 to 3 in the morning. That was hard for me because <laughs> I would stay out late. Right. And if I wasn't... Uh, chugging down a uh, venti caramel frappuccino, it was a big old Mountain Dew. Gotcha. It was one or the other. All right. Sorry. Yeah. Didn't mean to interrupt uh, yeah, this 12 year old. Just here. brought to you by Dillard. Your chance to win two of the free stuff phone coming up right now. Special guest Can't get on the phone, that. Rob Thomas. Do you think some of it's maybe old tape? This wasn't digital. All right, yeah, was let's it? blame it on that. Yeah, blame it on. It was all tape. It was running a little fast. Digital what? What the hell was that back in two thousand whatever? Yeah, this tape was just running a little fast. Yeah, okay, hit until it until we hear Rob Thomas. Yeah, just just hit it. What's going on, buddy? I'm calling you in my underwear. Are you? I'm here in my underwear. Okay, what color? Come on. Um, they're they're whiteies. Sitting <laughs> around in my whiteies. <laughs> just hanging out at the house, making just some phone out, calls, having a beer. I mean, you t- guy says he's in his underwear, and you say you're hanging you're hanging out. Stop, Johnny. There you go. What a guy. That's good, man. <laughs> That's the life right there. So, Rob, you got this solo thing going on that's just blazing up the charts. I like to hear that. How does that feel, man? It's nice, man. I mean, you know, it's, for the longest time, you kind of feel like you're working on this record and you've got this little secret, you know? And then you, you put out the single, but it really only now just makes me want to have the record out. You know, because it's just one song, and you're like, well, but I want you to hear the whole record now. Yeah, exactly. A lot of folks want to hear the whole record right now. Yeah, I'm really excited, man. I mean, I've worked really, really hard on it, and... Uh, and, it, and it, it just feels like you have to kind of get to a point where, I mean, you understand this completely. You have to get to a point where you finish a project and you have to love it when you sign off on it. Yes. Because it can't be based on how it gets received or what happens to it, you know? I mean, there's so many great albums out there that just don't happen for some reason or another. Right. It doesn't make them It doesn't make them any, any less of a great record in the same way that, you know, a record that sells a whole lot of records doesn't make it a better record. And so... I, I'm really just, I was proud of it when it was done, you know, and now it's just, it's nice to, you know, to get responses from it. Well, it's a tough business, and you've succeeded with, of course, Matchbox 20. Now, what's the deal? Are you still with Matchbox 20, or what's going on with that? Yeah, we're just, you know, we're just in, in the, we were in line for a break. You know, we had been back-to-back, studio and, and on the road, the studio and on the road, and it right. just felt like time. And, you know, when we had this time, that was the only time I had to make a record, so. Right. 
Well, now, there's been conflicting reports, too, as far as when it's coming out. Give us the date now. It's coming out April 19th. Okay. Unless it comes out sooner. But it's coming out April 19th is okay. the date. And it'll be called Something to Be. Something to Be. And how long did it take you to write all of the songs on here? It's a, like, this is a collection of stuff. There's a, there's a few of these songs uh, that are old songs that were kind of been floating around. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a couple songs that the band didn't want to do. There's a couple of songs that uh, like had a you know a chorus that I've had for two or three years, and I finally you know finished the song. So it's it's just kind of a you know, and then of course there's a couple of songs that were just written, you know, during the process of making the album. So it's it's just kind of a good, well-rounded. I mean, most most of the time when we make a record, it's it, it kind of documents the time between your last record and this record. But because I've kind of been waiting to make this record, it it documents you know it's any any time in the last you know six years. Very cool. I've also heard too. I've, I've read actually that uh, you you can't wait to get out on the road and play some of these songs for everybody. I always had my eye on the road when I was making this record. It was really important to me that I made a record that I thought was just going to be kick ass live. Right. And uh, and and you know just to make because you got to figure, man, if you, if you're going to go away from your home, lock your house up, and leave for a year and a half, mm-hmm. it's got to be something that you believe in, you know, and something that. It's going to be fun every night, and uh, and I think the, with the, you know the, with the music that's on this record and with the musicians that I'm putting together to tour with, it's going to be that. And it's going to be something that you know when you come if you come see the first show, by the time you come see us, you know three months later, it's going to be something even better and completely different. You know, it's, sure, because you've been gelling with it. Yeah, are you going to be stopping in Jacksonville? Oh, well, definitely over the summer. Okay, cool. So when does the tour actually start? Well, we're uh, we're doing a club tour first. Okay, we're just doing like ten cities, uh, like in San Francisco and L.A. and New York, and Chicago, and uh, just to kind of get my feet wet, and then go, I'll go overseas. And when I come back from overseas in the summer, you know, it's, it's when I'd like to get a tour going. What was it like being at the Grammys? Oh, the Grammys are great, man. You know, that's a good show every year. You, know, you get you never get to see that diverse of a, of, a, of groups. Right. You know, together on one stage. It's the only time I, I can see Leonard Skinner and you two in the same night. You know? That's true. That's very yeah. true. Now, how did you get picked to uh, do the introduction that you did? Um, you know, I think it's just because the idea of the old and new Atlantic, you know? Yeah. Me being an Atlantic artist and, and Amit being you know, the one who started Atlantic. And, right. And I think because I have a record coming out. <laughs> <laughs> the record coming out. Now we're getting to the real truth. Exactly. That's See? why it's always so funny. It's like these, uh, all of a sudden, somebody's on the cover of People, yeah. uh, The Sexiest Man Alive. Right. It's like, no, it's like the sexiest man alive who has a new movie coming out. Of course. Out. There's That's always what, something uh, tied into it. Yeah. Because, because wasn't he sexy last year and why didn't he win? Yeah. And why yeah. the guy's last year is still alive and how come he's not? sexy this year well because his manager sucks and the other one's better <laughs> we got better management better management it's all comes down to, to better that. management that's right you want to hear some more rob thomas sure a little bit more. He, you know there's, there's a few of those guys clive davis almond erdogan these guys really represent the, the reason school. why you know Power why you you're in radio and reason why i play music exactly because they started something right. out of nothing right and everything that we do now is you know is some sort of a pale watered down version of what they were doing then and so i think it's important you know for them to be recognized you got the new hairdo. Notice that. Yep, the scandal of the hair. <laughs> what happened there? I got hot. Yeah. And uh, got tired of it. I got tired of, and I got tired of, of hiring hairdressers. So now I'm officially my own hairdresser. <laughs> Me and my friend, the wall shaver. Makes it real easy, huh? <laughs> it's all you need, man. <laughs> the wall shaver. It's all you need. Well, yeah, he had a good head of hair, and all of a sudden he's buzzed like he's going in the military. The pride of Lake Brantley High School in yep. uh, Altamont Springs yeah, there, yeah. Mr. Rob Thomas. That's it. That's cool. Yeah. Rob Thomas. We actually went on uh, later on in the interview. I started doing I, – I, I, I wanted to break things up when I started doing interviews with people and – 
just try to do not a rapid fire, but something but similar. Very to similar. It. Let's go and get to it. Yeah, okay, if, you wanna, to it. if you want to, if you want to get to that, I might find it. I don't know where it is. Uh, great. There's a band called Phoenix. So well, that's what you're listening to. Should be in the, should be in the second, named, second part. He, you know who he did name? It was very cool. Uh, here I am taking the words out of his mouth because I can't find it on the tape. Right. Uh, Ray LaMontagne. Yeah, he did. He was like, there's this new guy nobody yeah. knows. He yeah. probably will never get known because he's really too cool. Yeah. Ray LaMontagne. Way too cool for the room. Right. And uh, so, yeah. Yeah. And Ray has like one of those great wedding songs now. Everybody oh, he's all over the wedding he's, uh, songs. He's, he yeah. sounds like... You know, this kind of, he's this little white kid that sounds like Otis Redding. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. There's the Ray LaMontagne. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Greece. Yeah. There you go. Now, yeah. there you go. Yeah. If you could visit anywhere in the world right now, where would you go? Oh, Greece. That sounds like fun, right? Absolutely it does. Least favorite place that you've ever visited. Ooh. You, you, you just don't want to go back anymore. It's time for um, Rapid Fire. Spain. <laughs> Hated it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, it's funny, there's a big difference between Spain and the Latin culture. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Spain is, is very specific. It's Spain and Spanish. Sure. And, uh, and, 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 you know, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, the time. I went there, and I went there, you know, uh, on some sort of a press junket, and I was miserable. And so, you know, usually, like, there is no bad place. There's only bad times in places that make you not want to go back. Right. Like, right. like the first time I went to Germany, I was, I was so drunk, like, the first two <laughs> times I went to Germany that I thought I hated it. Right. And then when I went sober, I was like, man, I love this town. This is great. Now Germany is one of my favorite places. That's very cool. Now, what what's next for Rob? You know, you're doing the solo thing. You've played with Carlos Santana. You, you of course, uh, all the success with Matchbox 20. If there was something else that you could do musically, what would it be? Um, You know, I, I think it's after this, it might be time for me to start. I would love to start producing some records. You know, like I love, uh, I've been doing it long enough now. Like I've never been confident enough. But now it feels, you know, I've been doing it long enough that I think I know how I think a record should sound. Yeah. So, um, so you know, maybe that's it for me. I would love to, to you know, work with some new artists and, and produce their record. That'd be that'd be a, 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 another big challenge for you. It would. I mean, I think, you know, life is very, very short. You know, some days yeah. it feels long. Right. But it's pretty short overall. And so it seems like every time that you do something, it should be an opportunity for you to do something different. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or it you? should be a challenge in some way. And, of course, you want to excel. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, if, if you don't excel, at least you feel like, well, I didn't excel, but it, it's better to not, you know, if you don't excel, just doing the same old crap. Exactly. At least, you know, at least if you went somewhere and you, well, you know, I didn't excel, but man, look what I learned and look what I took away from it. Yep. And then you realize that you're building, hopefully, a history, you know? Like, you can, there have been so many great artists that, you know, have had these records that have come and gone, and some have been great, and some weren't received so great. And, but when you look back over the tapestry that it creates, that's what we're trying to achieve here. You know what I mean? Yep. Trying to achieve, hopefully, you know, 25 years of looking back and going, oh, I love that song. And, oh, and I love that song. And, you know, oh, I didn't really like that period very much. But then afterwards, he did this, and I love that, you know? Yep. Rob, it was great talking to you, man. Yeah, Tony, it was nice to talk to you again, man. And uh, hopefully we'll see you in Jacksonville really, really soon. Yeah, definitely. Thank you guys for your help, brother. There you go. Tapestry. I, do you notice that word he threw in there? Yeah, it's a tapestry? nice word. Yeah. I don't know if anybody else has ever really said it that way. That about, I talk to. Yeah, over the when you're looking at the whole course, so you go ahead and take chances, yeah. and you might fail, but you're looking at the whole body of work. Yep. I love that. That's a great philosophical way yep. to look, I think, as he looks at life and also at the way he looks at music. And it's funny that you had asked him about, you know, what music are you listening to, and he's digging on new music. Yep. He still does that from time to time. He'll go on, on Twitter. I guess I follow him on Twitter. Yeah, I he's don't on Twitter. follow anybody at all, but I, <laughs> every month I go on Twitter. You're on Twitter? No, well. What the no, hell? No, we have it here for the 
station. Oh my God. We have to have it for John the station. John Scott, Mister, I'm no. not a social media I'm guy. Not. You're I'm on not. freaking Twitter. No, we have the account here that I have Whatever, to promote. Dude. Hey, win tickets at seven thirty. Yeah, that's why I go. Okay. On. And then I saw right. Rob Thomas is pushing. He always has like a song of the day. He does, and he puts out a, a, a song of, of a different artist. Yeah. That he really likes. So he, he's he's into. He's like John he loves Mayer. Music. So he loves into music. the craft. Yeah. So he into is. it. Yeah. He is. He is big time. All right, more of our interviews. <laughs> we'll take a big leap from one Florida guy to another Florida guy. Okay. Uh, this guy happens to be the governor of Florida. Ah, that is a jump. And we talked to uh, Governor Ron DeSantis earlier this year because uh, yeah, you did. The Van Zant brothers had yeah. uh, the bro- Van Zant brothers had done that song about oh, that's Ron right. DeSantis, the that's uh, right, such they did. the Florida sweet Florida I can't whatever sweet, thing. Yeah, Flor- I don't sweet know. home Florida. I, song. I can't remember the name of it. Either way, it came out and we played it one morning. Yeah. And I guess they found out the stations that played it in Florida. And then they wanted to talk to you. And they said, hey, the governor would like to thank you for playing it. Just want to talk. No politics. We just want to talk. And we're like, heck yeah. Hop on, man. why not? So uh, here's a little bit of our time with Governor Ron DeSantis. You know, the funny thing is, is like when they recorded it, we were up in... Oh, yeah. This is talking about uh, recording the uh, song. Okay. About up in Nashville. You know, the funny thing is, is like when they recorded it, we were up in Nashville. Like those clips are from the video that we have. That's when we were up there. And, you know, I liked it, but I was like, you know, it, it is what it is. I'm not, you know, but then it gets stuck in your head. And so... I don't think I've listened to it that much just because it's constantly playing in my head. <laughs> I knew it was going to be a winner because um, after my five-year-old daughter heard it, you know, like a, two hours later, she's singing, you know, our governor is red, white, and blue. I'm like, all right, I think, I think it's going to stick with, uh, with, with the core audience. Yes, indeed. So what, you don't have to answer Skinner, but what uh, music did you grow up listening to? You know, I was always a big fan. I told Johnny, I said, you know, in, in the southeast, like the number of like young people, like when you're in like college and stuff, if you're at like some place on like a Saturday night and they're closing down, like how many people ended a night to Freebird? I mean, like it's just <laughs> something that is like a big deal. So I think people have a connection. I am a country fan. Um, and then I was also a, um, you know, a metal fan like Metallica and, and Guns N' Roses as a kid, too. Wow. That is great. Cool. Oh, man. I used to love, like, I mean, like when Appetite for Destruction came out, I think I was in, like, fourth or fifth grade. It was not something that my parents liked seeing, like, because, you know, they had, like, the, the album was, like, a cross with the skulls and everything like that. And, <laughs> nice logo. Not, not, not the best influence. And, you know, I didn't pattern my, my personal life after how they behaved, but, you know, it was, it was good music, but, you know, back in the day. <laughs> and uh, and then we did do the uh, you know when kind of the the Nirvana change stuff you know oh, I, yeah. I, I was I was into that there you go Ron DeSantis saying appetite for destruction it was worth it for that well i was sitting there trying to count how many times he said like i lost track <laughs> yes exactly like, oh, my, like every other word was like and this was like and but, uh-huh. but a good governor that's for sure. He's, and he's really ingratiating, and he's great, and he stayed off the political path. Yeah, which and, is good. And we talked music, man, and yep. that was so cool. When you get these people to to get outside of their comfort zone yeah. and what they're prepared to say. Oh, yeah. Now, he came, he called knowing we weren't going to you know, go yeah. for any talking points, but yeah. that's what's so cool to get to see the real side, the human side of people you normally don't see. Well, it's funny how he said uh, the song stuck in his head. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of songs that stick in your head. How about... M pop music. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that's a good song. It's just stuck in your it's head. It's stuck in your head. It's like a freaking worm that's like 
you know, a virus or something, and it's just not good. <laughs> I don't want that looping in my head. Oh, uh, speaking of pop music, there yeah. were some uh, pop stars from the late nineties. You were talking about, uh, you were talking about who was it, the Backstreet Boys, yeah, and other boy bands. Uh, well, the one and only Nick Lachey joined you somewhere. He did. Now, it, it, did this really happen somewhere? This really happened, or was that a fake out? No, this really happened at Twisted Martini. At Twisted Martini. At so the, this interview happened at Twisted Martini. Yeah, man, you got a, you got, y'all had a good engineer. Yeah, yeah. It sounded great. Yeah, it came out really, really well. It really sounded like almost like y'all were faking it and you had some fake uh, background noise. And he was all right. Yeah, I, mean, I like Nick. He the was... crowd was 98% women. 98 um, degree women. Uh, oh. Hey, yes. thank you. Uh, now, see. I'm here all day. I hit 98, not even thinking he used to be with 98 degrees. Well, I'm here for you, man. Wow. The, Thanks, con- the country guy is here for you. Yeah, you are. All right, Nick Lachey, here, comes, here comes the 12-year-old yeah. Tony Mann again. Tony Mann! Are you there, my man? Yeah, right here, man, at the Twisted Martini, doing it live. Guess who's here? I don't know. Guess who's... Just come on, guess. You Uh, know who's uh, here. uh, uh, Nick Lachey? Yeah, Nick Lachey, jazz recording artist Nick Lachey is here. Hey, Nick. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Jacksonville. Thank you very much. Uh, All the way from California today, or where'd you come from? We actually uh, flew in this morning. We were in Miami and uh, did some stuff down there and flew in from Miami early this afternoon, so... uh, and then after this, we're off to D.C., so kind of all over the place. You right? are all over the place. <laughs> and you're living in uh, Calabasas, California now? I've actually moved from Calabasas. Calabasas. This is where uh, I used to live. I live yes. now in, uh, oh. in a different part of L.A., but uh, I yeah, do live in L.A., yeah. Cool. Well, you got out of Cincinnati because that's where you're kind of born and raised there, right? Yeah. Well, I was born in Kentucky and then uh, and grew up in Cincinnati, and you know, Cincinnati will always be uh, always be home to me, but it's hard to do what uh, what I do for a living living there. So uh, No doubt. Yeah, I live in Los Angeles now, and, and my brother's out there, a lot of family out there, so it's it's all good. Cool, cool. And you know that thing outside right now? You really don't get to see it that much in Ohio. It's called sun. Yeah, exactly. Not this time of year. <laughs> I was there a few days ago, and it was cold and rainy. So oh, man. Uh, yeah, I'm happy to be here in Florida. Well, Believe me. Perfect timing. So now you know the ladies love Lachey. I've been saying that now for the last week since we knew you were coming. <laughs> Your new CD hits the stores when? Uh, March 9th. March 9th, or May 9th, you mean? Oh, yeah, sorry, May 9th. It's called What's Left of Me, just like the single. He didn't even know the release date. Thanks for being his front man there. You had had his back on that. I'm his freaking manager, I think. May 9th, so. Now, you're a very passionate guy, aren't you? Uh, I try to be. I think so, yeah, about about anything I do. I uh, Well, it shows in your music. There's no doubt about it. I mean, what's left of me, it's very emotional. It sounds like you're really pouring your heart into it. Well, yeah, in a lot of ways. I mean, it's it's no secret what I've gone through in the past year, and and, uh, this was an opportunity for me to kind of... What did you go through in the past year? That was the Jessica Simpson. Simpson thing. See, you know, that's what. I, this is about the time I, I quit. I dropped out of society. <laughs> it's when. I, it's when I dropped out of uh, of TV, of oh, TV Lord. and all that stuff. Well, you it know, wasn't just social media. I was going back about this time when when that was happening, and I was like, uh, you know what I, I think? I can't. I, I can't say this for certain, but I think a lot of the thing between Lachey and Jessica Simpson is that she did not know uh, how to be an adult because her dad managed her and just ran her life mm-hmm. and then she gets away and gets quote unquote married to nick right and i just think that whole dynamic i don't think it would have worked with anybody because of her father that's just my gut wow see i, I mean i should have paid attention a little bit more in the 90s yeah, yeah, i think well hey stick with me buddy <laughs> channel some of that energy into my music and then uh you know the first single being an example of that very cool. Now, you- uh, your new single's called To Hell With Jessica. Is yeah, that, that was it. Did you write a lot of yeah, material bitch. on the upcoming yeah. CD? <laughs> I did, yeah. It was a total of 11 tracks on the album, and I wrote uh, wrote eight of them. So, you know, oh, wow. it, the, the album is very representative of me and, and uh, where I'm at in my life. And- oh, man, they, they, they all have that answer, don't they? 
I think it's, that's it's, a, where, it's a, where I am in my life. That's ingrained in their head, I think, for all these interviews. Yeah, because yeah. you know they do about four. You know, this one, this is really cool because he's actually in a bar hanging out with you. Yeah, and, and it does sound. It sounds incredible. Thank you. Great, incredible yeah. sounding. I had nothing and to do with it. I know you weren't the engineer, but no, it yeah. was. Good what, uh, what I have to say. So Cool. So uh, did you really want to do this solo thing a while back? Did you think about it and just kind of waited a little bit? or No, it was, well, I, I did a, another solo record in uh, 2001. Um, or actually 2002. It was a brick. And, the, and, then, and then I wanted to do a duet <laughs> then, with Rob Thomas. And then, <laughs> that was really... It was, it was just was, time for us to take a break. Uh, in other words, the hits dried up. <laughs> And I had resumes everywhere, and I was just trying to see what would stick. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was one of those things where the group, 98 Degrees, uh, we decided to take a break, and everyone wanted right. to do their own thing. And right. We hated each other, and our own, egos uh, blew up. Uh, you know, goals and stuff. And, so and I was, was the real star. For me to do a solo record and, and kind of launch a solo career. Well, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I know these ladies are waiting to hear some of the tracks. We're just interpreting the conversation. <laughs> yes, that's right. What, is, what do they call that? Um, uh, Letterman used to say what it was. Uh, what Embellishment. It, Embellishment, thank you. Yes. Can't wait for that. Can't and for that. Uh, so we're, it'll be, it's, it's like a a uh, what a CD, not a, not a breaking party, but kind of a. Well, it's an advanced listen party. There you so, go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Now I I wanted to just ask you a couple of uh, you know how, you've watched Sports Center before, right? Oh, every day. And you know how they do the hot list. And didn't he actually? He was actually on Sports Center, wasn't he? Didn't he, he was. He like anchored it, or he did a, a segment. He, he did or something? a segment. He was a huge sports fan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. The, 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 hot, the hot seat. seat. Yep. Right. Yeah, I got I got a few questions for uh, you. I'm just on to, the hot seat. Is that how it works? Well, yeah, kind of, sort of. <laughs> yeah, that way the ladies can kind of figure out. What it's I time for rapid fire. <laughs> What's your favorite food? Favorite food is uh, ice cream. And your least favorite? My least favorite food, liver. Oh, nasty good. stuff. Oh, it's nasty. Nasty stuff. Uh, your choice: wine, beer, or martinis. It's between wine and beer. I mean, I'd say probably beer. Okay. But uh, but uh, you know, it depends on the mood. Gotcha. Favorite car? Favorite car, uh, Ferrari. Nice choice. Yeah. What yeah. color? Uh, black. Nice. Very nice. Blondes, brunettes, or redheads? <laughs> uh, it, it's a case-by-case case scenario. Depends on the girl. Now, see? Um, there's beautiful women uh, with all different colors of hair, so I don't, I don't discriminate. One- Man, I love the ladies. I love the ladies and the ladies. Be love Mr. Bean PC on the interview <laughs> yeah. with Tony Mann. One yeah. way or the other. That's a very good answer. That's <laughs> you don't pre- want to limit yourself. Exactly. Uh, roses or jewelry? Uh, well, roses are cheaper, so I would. <laughs> I would go for no. It's a, it, again, it depends on the on the occasion. The situation. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. Uh, your favorite vacation destination? Oh man. Covington, uh, Kentucky. I'd like to go to the Maldives or uh, Bora Bora. Very cool. My favorite place I've been so far is Fiji, though. Very nice. Yeah, it's beautiful there. Unbelievable. A- any places you have visited that you hated? That I hated? Or just, you, you said to yourself, I'm never coming back. Oh, uh, gosh. You know what? I, I'm, I'm a big traveler, so I think I've, I've learned to enjoy something about every place I've ever been, to be honest with you. Uh, okay. I think every, see, every he could have used the answer Jessica Simpson's house. Yeah, but he didn't see, exactly. go there. That's where my smile was. <laughs> There's something to learn and something to see that uh, you're never going to see anywhere else. So I try to I try to take every uh, every place I go and, and learn as much as I can about it. So Cool. Pop, rock, or rap? Uh, rock. 
your favorite CD? If you had to pop it in the player right now, what would you play? Jessica Simpson's debut yeah, album. Led Zeppelin, How the West Was Won, oh, Volume wow. 1. It was wow. that or that one. Uh, wow, a classic. And, of course, for the ladies, the last question. Here, man. Boxers, briefs, or nothing? <laughs> Can't believe it. You know this this commando that seems to be the, the new wave here. <laughs> yeah, it it's does. Me. You, you yeah. guys don't wear underwear anymore, but I still wear boxers. Boxers. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, Nick, I appreciate the time, man. Yeah, thank you, guys. We're how about that? There's yeah. a Nick Lachey. Yeah, great. Now I can uh, keep that image in my head. <laughs> I'm going to end on that. How the hell did I end with You're that? Asking uh, Rob Thomas if he's hanging out in his underwear, and then you ask an underwear <laughs> what question is, to what Nick is Lachey. It? I know. What is it with the underwear thing? I don't know. It's time oh, for a rapid fire. Uh-oh. It's one for you, Mr. Man, all right, asking well, all then... these other big stars the questions. Go ahead, tough guy. Uh, the best cereal of all time is? Uh, I always liked um, Frosted Mini Wheats. When we played, uh, oh, here's the first line. What song? When we played tag in grade school, you wanted to be it. I know it, but it's not coming to me. Would you rather be in a 90s grunge rock band or early 2000s pop punk band? Oh, neither. <laughs> no, I'll go with grunge, though. Okay. Uh, which all night long do you like? Lionel Richie's or Joe Walsh? Oh, Joe Walsh. Put a pinch between your cheek and go. Yeah. All night long. Yeah. Uh, the furthest away from home you've ever been to see a concert. Uh, I didn't have to go very far. Probably Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. Who was it? You remember? Uh, Dave Coz. It was a. He, he oh, was just breaking on jazz. the jazz scene. Yeah. yeah. And uh, actually, that that story, the record rep, uh, back when you could fly people uh, places and not get in trouble for it, um, that's what she told me. She was like, you know, because I was doing a show at the time on Y103 called After Dark, which was a combination of jazz and smooth it was some smooth R&B, and, and it was After Dark. You played on Dave I played Dave Brand new. He just hit in the scene. She's like, you've got to hear this guy. It's the late 80s. Uh yeah yeah ninety yeah okay yep that was a that was a very interesting trip and the record rep was easy on the eyes okay so it made it even more enjoyable I understand yeah we understand well if you want to go ahead and hit another rapid fire I mean you might as well I oh, want to throw give it to you because it's hot in here it's well, time Sam. for rapid fire go ahead get my rapid fire hat on well since you hit me with nineties grunge the offspring had how many top forty hits I don't know. I told you it was the 90s, man. I dropped out of society. Yeah, we'll guess. They had two. Um, that's wrong, but we'll go right. on. Okay. What band opened Live Aid? Uh, status Quo. Very good, John. How many instruments does Prince play on his debut LP called For You? All of them. Yeah, but how many instruments? Oh, who the hell knows? Oh, if you count see. a Fairlight as one, then a synthesizer, right, and an whatever. ARP as one, he okay. played them all. All right. What 80s song topped four different charts and was the first song to do that? In the 80s? Yep. It's the first song to, oh, it's the first song ever to do four different charts? Yeah. Number one. Because which, are you counting dance charts now? Yep. Dance, R&B, adult contemporary, and pop. Whitney Houston. No. Kelly know. Clarkson's debut song was? Miss Independence. Very good. Look at you. And there's the buzzer. What, the come, Offspring actually had one song. Come out and play. Yep, it went to thirty-eight. <laughs> I, I, I thought there was another one I missed. So, so I that was know. that was another one by Casey Kasem, falling like a brick. It's the <laughs> Offspring this week. It probably stayed there for like two weeks, and that was it. Yeah, it was a little too strong for, but for Prince, pop radio. Prince actually played, but you're right. He did play all of them, mm-hmm. Mr. Generic. 
Well, he. I mean, how many keyboards do you count? Does it count keyboards or it the counts everything? Type? Well, look okay, at how many. Twenty-seven. I believe it. I saw that stat and I was like, "Oh shit, that's a lot." <laughs> I mean, I knew you know he, he knows right. everything. He plays everything, yeah, but plays twenty-seven well. different instruments. That's amazing. Yep. That is wow. amazing. You did good. You got uh, you got two. Pretty of them. good. I, uh, but the number one oh, song. The, oh, the other song. I'm sorry. The yeah. one. The one. I'm the one you missed. I already, uh, the I, love you saved by the Jackson Five. No, I already said it actually. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, you came back with it. No, I said it earlier in the show. The love you save. Part time lover. Oh, oh, the song. Oh, yours. Yeah. yeah. Part time lover. You know, yeah. you know who did that uh, scat at the end? Who did the scat at the end of Part Time Lover? I, I don't know. That wasn't it wasn't him? Stevie. It was somebody else. That wasn't him? Nope. Boy, it sure as hell sounded like him. It was Luther Vandross. Oh. He was a backup singer, and then he, I mean, he was, yeah. he was Luther already. But right, right, right. He, uh, he wow, I did not that know that was him. Because Stevie, when he won the Grammy for, or whatever he won, I saw the Grammy, uh-huh. uh, he thanked Luther Vandross for the... Wow, how about that? Yeah, very. Now, you remember when Status Quo opened Live Aid? Yeah. You remember what song it was? Rocking all over the world, John Fogarty. Coming rocking all over the world. See, I thought it was Fogarty, but I, I thought it was Fortunate Son. No, they opened because they were rocking all over the world. That made sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I like it. I like it. Okay. Yep. All right. Do we have another interview? We I know have we do. Interview. I know uh, we do. This we're, guy we're, was we're, one of the great singers. And, and did they ask you? Here's my question for you. Yeah. Uh, this guy. Uh, did they say, don't talk about uh, anything? In, in the past, what was the song? The first line that I did, I could love you save. That's what I was telling that's you. That's what you the were love you saved by the Jackson Five. Yeah, that's when it. I had you too much. Yep, or whatever the one. Yeah. No, that was the other one. No, that was freaking. Yeah. <laughs> when we were back in grade school, I wanted to be it. Yeah, that's it. That was it. Yeah, that love was, you save. Stop that's the it. love you save. I knew I could hear it in my head. I just couldn't I remember what the hell it was. This guy did. They have you ever had ones where they say, "Hey, whatever you do, don't talk about this." Oh, have yeah. you ever had those? Yep. Anybody come to mind? I'll tell you one while you're thinking. Um, talked to Jim Belushi when he was doing The World According to Jim. Uh-huh. He didn't want you to bring the movie up? Don't bring up John. Don't bring up his brother. Really? Yes. That was in the, that was the late 90s, early 2000s when he had his TV show. Right. And they said, don't, um, huh. don't bring up nothing about John if you don't mind, guys, or he'll hang up. And I was like, okay. God, you know, that's I can't recall because I think it happened to me more than once. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know if they had the. We don't have anything off. I mean, sometimes they'll go, "Hey, you know, that's a legal matter, and whatever. Maybe he guy got right. arrested, or he, or something had happened, right? And it's not cleaned up yet, not cleared up. People hadn't been, you know, yeah. settled out of court or whatever. Uh-huh. And they'd say, "Hey, if you don't mind not bringing up uh, what happened in Austin," and we go, "Okay, yeah, we're cool. Okay, um, that's happened maybe once or twice, but I remember the the one in my mind was Jim Belushi. Wow, this guy then I guess they didn't say don't don't ask anything because he probably called himself anyway because he's on the oldie circuit now and one of the great voices of all time. Not Gene Chandler. No. <laughs> In the time Gene Chandler had Duke of Earl and then showed up in our studio, these guys were having nothing but hits. Okay, uh. um, Because this guy, I mean, what an incredible, it's one of those guys you wish you could just sit down and hang out with for about an hour yeah. and let him tell you about his life because of what he remembers of it. Because this guy did more coke to, he, oh. he, he put Peru on the map because of the drugs. <laughs> he would fly back. 
he would fly back like they were playing and they were making so much dang money. They would play in Turkey or somewhere and he would fly back somewhere where he could score some more drugs. Oh, Lord. Like an international trip to get back for the next show. Lord. Yeah, that's how bad this guy was. But what an incredible singer. And I'm so glad to hear that he was came out on the other side still alive. Yeah. And no still kidding. has his voice about him because yeah. when I saw who you were talking to here, I went and found some new clips of him and I'm like, oh, man, it's so great that he's still is able to use that beautiful instrument he had and he didn't screw it up. Yeah, you know? yeah. Talking about Chuck Negron from Three Dog Night. Yep. Here you go. Through 11, Summit Solutions apply. Oh, here's a commercial. store for details. Sunny 102.3, Jacksonville's greatest hits is Tony Mann. I'm sorry, when was this? You're at Sunny, so hey, it couldn't have been too it, it was probably 2016 or okay. 2017. Okay, cool. May we have a big show at the Florida Theater this Sunday night. I know you've heard about the Happy Together Tour. It's going to be here. A whole lot of acts, and I know... That you know who this guy is from the telephone right here from songs like Joy to the World and many, many other hits by Three Dog Night. Chuck Negron, how are you, sir? You know what? I'm great, Tony. Uh, it's nice to be with you. You too, man. How's it going on the tour? I know you're just about to start the Happy Together, but I see on your Facebook or your actual website that you're all over the place. Yeah, you know, we have a, we, we've had a nice year and uh, really excited about uh the Happy Together Tour and seeing you guys on Sunday, um, it's going to be, you know, a great show. It's a lot of great acts, of course, the Turtles and um, the Cow Sills and the Box Tops Association and me and also Ron Dante. From the Archies, yeah, that's right. It's going to be a nice show and I'm looking forward to doing a bunch of those Three Dog Night, uh, you know, hits, Old Fashioned Love Song, Easy to Be Hard, One, Eli's Coming, uh, Joy to the World. Laundry you list. Know, just a couple. <laughs> yeah, more than a couple. You guys, you had 21 consecutive top 40 hits, 50 million albums sold, actually more than that, and 12 gold albums. That's quite an accomplishment. You know, we had a really, uh, we really had a great thing, you know, kind of, as they say, in the zone. Yes, sir. We were making some very special records, and I think the fact that they were so eclectic, from a mama told me not to come to yep. uh, an out in the country, which, you know, that, that's two different bands that do that kind of, you know, one band does one, another band does the other. But Three Dog Night just did it all. And I think that's why we were consistently, consistently on the charts, was because everything was so different. Right, right. Well, I tell you, I mean, of course, I love Joy to the World, but my other two favorites by you guys had to have been Shambhala and Out in the Country. I'm with you on Out in the Country, man. I love... Oh, what a great I song. I just freaking love that song. So smooth, so good. Yes. Just good, strong. And if I remember right, that's a Paul Williams, another Paul Williams song. I think you might be Paul right. Paul Williams and that guy, that Nichols guy he wrote with. Absolutely just love those two. Never get tired of hearing those songs. Never. Oh, that's very kind. Um, good songs, you know, and they did really well for us. And uh, The people do love those songs live, so you're not alone. <laughs> What's if you had to pick uh, maybe like a top two or three? If you sat down right now and said, "Bam, bam," my favorites are, what would you pick? Okay, that'd be for different reasons. I'd pick one because it was our first million seller, and you know got the band going. And I'd pick out in the country because I think it's one of the most beautiful records it is. that we did. Yeah, I agree totally. Then joy the world because okay. of it's become a part of Americana and it's kind of transcended even the band the song has a life of its own so it's just really special to be associated with something that you know has lived on its own for so long everybody knows jeremiah was a bullfrog they when they hear that they know they don't even think of joy to the world they they like that jeremiah was a bullfrog song <laughs> that's right 
yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly right. You know, I run into a lot of young kids. That, you know, the parents bring their kids, and the, yeah, they go, "I'm really glad you did Jeremiah was a bullfrog." Yep, so, they all know that's it, what man. They think the name is. They all know it. It doesn't matter the age. These songs well, are timeless, know, man. Well, it's really uh, a special thing about the music of that era. It still lives. You know, and it's even in the radio, you know, the stuff you're doing on the radio, right. you know, to a lot of people, that's brand new. Yeah. The, the, this, you're their radio and you're their new music. Yep. So you're, you know, you're bringing this stuff to uh, the people that are hearing it for the first time, you know, besides the people that have been listening to it all their lives. So, you know, it's very special. Absolutely. Chuck, did you think you'd be doing it this long? No. <laughs> Great question. No, not at all. You know, when you're young, you know, even though you think you're invincible, uh, you, you, you know, you, you, like 50 yeah. was um, was an age that you couldn't even, you know, relate to. I remember once I was on, I was on the corner right by this candy store, and these guys were talking. They just finished playing ball. You could see they worked all week. Yeah. And this one guy said, God, God, my birthday is uh, tomorrow. I'm going to be 30 years old. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, he's going to die soon. <laughs> I, wow. I couldn't relate to even 30. Right, right. Well, you know, it's amazing, though. It, it, it really is amazing. I, you know, I ask that question to a lot of folks, especially, you know, when they cut these, these songs that still 40, 50 years later, we still listen to and love these songs. I mean, there's no way that you could tell back then how big they were going to be and definitely how long they've been around. It's just, it, it's really, it's got to be so rewarding. Yes, it is. Because you're right. You never, who imagined right. that, you know, you're, you become a, a parent, you know, a, a father, then a grandfather, yeah. and your grandchildren would be listening to the music. Never visualized that. Right. No, it's amazing. It's amazing. Chuck, that just says how great those songs are. That's all. You know, it's the special music of that time. Yep, big time. Chuck, we look forward to seeing you guys on Sunday night at the Florida Theater. Going to be a big time. The happy to get there's Chuck Negron from Three Dog Night, and uh, he hey. was the tenor who sang. That, yeah, he was the tenor of yeah, uh, Joy to the World. And hey, tough guy, who wrote that? Joy to the World. Yeah, Jacksonville's very own Hoyt Axton. Very good. Hoyt Axton lived here from age ten till high school. That was without a doubt their biggest hit. On yeah, the it was charts. that was the number one song of 1971. That yep. was like the number one song of it 1971. Was, it was there for six weeks. Yeah, huge. Jeremiah was a damn bullfrog at number one for a long time. Yeah, it was a massive. That was a massive hit. <laughs> <laughs> that one's massive. Uh, but yeah, Chuck was real. He, he was a very easy interview. Yes, you could tell it was. Um, it was he was uh, he definitely got it. You know, oh yeah, he's I just mean, not there to get through it. He's not, actually he understands that he he does something really good on the radio that people he might sell a few tickets right there. Yep, and that's that's what it's all about. I mean, these guys are you know they call them artists and whatever, but you know by the time you're 65 and doing this, you can still artistically yeah. do things, but you're trying to sell tickets. Well, and that's why they want to call and be good about it. Bottom line, but you know, a lot of these guys, I don't know about you, but when I started to talk to these people. I mean, the only prep I would do with them before we started recording would be maybe 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. It wasn't anything long, detailed. It's like, well, can we go over this? Can we go over that? No, I would just, I'd fire stuff at them. But like you said, if they didn't want you talking about something, they would let you know. They would. Yeah. And that's cool. And as, uh, and we were, remember one time we were talking to Ed McMahon and Ed was doing the, uh, Star he, Search? He was, no, he was doing the tele, he was promoting the telephone. Okay. Jerry it's just Lewis. funny we do it around yeah. here Labor Day now that we're talking about it. Right. And, um, and somebody just put three and a half hours of 
seven telethon on YouTube if you want to watch it. Wow. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. From like what year? 87. 87? You got Anka. You got Anka. You got Sammy. Oh man. If you you like that whole kitschy, if you like that whole kitschy uh, telethon stuff. Oh yeah. Oh man, it's beautiful. But um, Ed, we're talking to Ed. We're asking Ed how Johnny's doing. This is when, you know, they were. Yeah. When Johnny was still alive. Yeah. And so we're asking Johnny, it's like three or four years before he passed away, and we're asking Ed, hey, how's Johnny? And he was like, well, you know what we ought to do? We ought not to leave this interview in the hallway. And so he said, like, let's don't ask all the good questions now. Uh, so he said, let's don't leave the interview in the hallway. And I thought, man, I'm going I'm to keep that with me forever yeah. when Big Ed did it. And Ed was the greatest. Ed, I had always heard how Ed was kind of a, a jerky thing sometimes. And people had kind of, he had kind of big time people sometimes. Right, right. And so I'd always had this thing of Ed, like, well, you lucky son of a gun, you know, what a gig. And, and then he was on with us and he couldn't have been more gracious. So funny. And I used to do a thing. I used to do a thing called the... Uh, the great Scott Tony, which was a you know blatant ripoff of uh, of Karnak from Johnny Carson. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. And it would be the great Scott Tony, and so I would I would do my Johnny, and I would have the answers, <laughs> and then I would uh, you know open it up and have a question. Right. And so I would do that, <laughs> and I told I'm sitting here t- I'm I'm sitting here doing Johnny Carson interview, I'm uh, a Johnny Carson imitation to yeah. Ed McMahon. Yeah. And you're like, what? Why am I? What am I doing here? And his response? He loved it. <laughs> That that is you know, that is wonderful. That is great. And I thought, really? About that? Come on, Ed. You, about you mean that? do you mean that, or you just you know want me to spend three more minutes talking? And about... unfortunately, you don't have any audio of that. Uh, no, not the full interview. No, I, I tried to. Uh, Did you find part of it? I've I've looked in the past. Yeah, and oh. I just always hope that would be so good if you could find it. There were some things that even a snippet. You know, I know it. I thought at one time I had a great Scott Tony intro that he actually did. We ended up putting it all together. Yeah. But I, I don't even see it now because sometimes, uh. man, I'll look for it too. Anyway, that's uh, that was Ed McMahon. And he did it because he made one up on the spot. I said, Ed, if you would mind just going, and now it's time for the great Scott Tony. I asked him, could you, could you just say that? And I can use that every time we do the great Scott oh, Tony. Oh, cool. And so he goes, yes, yeah, I got one for you. You ready? And then Ed jumps into this and goes, now it is time for the great sage soothsayer and former dress designer for Janet Reno, the great Scott Tony. Nice. And oh. it was so freaking great. Vintage. It, Ed. Oh. Ed brought it. I'll find it, man. I'll How find it. cool. I'll find it for the next podcast. Ed McMahon. So anyway, he was- Sinbad a- gets four and a half out of five stars. <laughs> yes. Oh, that used to kill me on Star Search. And the funny, well, you know, one of the funniest bits ever is- uh, a guy I wish I would have interviewed was Norm McDonald. Oh, yeah. Just, he, he literally cracks me up. Oh, me too. All the time. Me too. I uh, wish we would have had a chance to talk. And the first time I saw him on Letterman, he was doing Ed McMahon. Like, you know, he, yeah. but he wasn't doing the Phil Hartman Ed McMahon. Right. Right, sir. Correct, sir. Yeah. And the one we all do. Right. He was doing Ed McMahon on Star Search. Oh. And he was talking about the bands. He goes, <laughs> you know, that, that whole six and under dance troupe, you know, they always had those great names. <laughs> yeah. Here they are. Too cute for you. <laughs> and he's doing Ed, mentioning the names. Uh, Here's a band that's been, he goes, and the band, name of these bands, you know, uh, <laughs> and the name of these bands, they, you know, they want, here's a band that's been around the San Francisco area for the past 20 years. Please welcome Overnight Sensation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we got to find man. that, Norm McDonald. No kidding. Okay, that's people we didn't talk to, and here's some that we did. Here's one that I got a chance to talk to. Pat Boone. 
Really? Pat Boone, who is 87 years old 88, now. 88, I think. 88 now. He yeah, just turned 88. 89. He's still in the tub. He's advertising oh, for all kinds of people. <laughs> he's still working it, man. Dude, he is. I talked to him for 45 minutes, and I think I got two questions in. because Probably. He is just a talker, yeah. and he loves it, and he's just passionate. Yeah. And he stopped a couple of times and said, you probably want to ask me a couple of questions, don't you? <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? You're, you're imitating Ozzy Osbourne here. Yeah. No, go ahead. Right. But I asked the one story I always wanted to, you know, it was really cool. I got a chance to talk to him, and I was doing it for our Jacksonville music history right. thing that we're doing and the right, right. museum hopefully being built soon. Right. And so when I interviewed him, I had asked him because I said, um, and maybe, I, maybe I'm on this question. Here's my question to Pat Boone about when uh, he was out and they said he was rip- Some people were saying he was ripping off Black Artist. Oh. When he did, like, Ain't That a Shame okay. and uh, Tutti Frutti and that All stuff. All right. As we look at some of your early songs, and I know the one thing I thought of when I was growing up, and, and you'd read critics who would deride Pat Boone for, you know, stealing the songs from the. Uh, rhythm and blues guys and then the more i read into it the more i listened and looked in things i thought wait a minute i think i think pat boone opened the door for rhythm and blues <laughs> exactly. artists on the radio they they let that be known eventually little richard i have a tape of his uh, audio tape of a radio show he did when his career was really starting to take off well and the dj the black dj on a black station asked him how did you feel when you heard Pat Boone had done your song, Tutti Frutti. He said, I was still washing dishes in a bus station in Macon, Georgia. He said, my record was on the air and getting on the radio, but he said, I wasn't making no money yet. But when I heard Pat Boone had done my song, I threw the towel down and walked out of there because I knew I was going to make some money now. <laughs> and, of course, I did Rip It Up and uh, Long Tall Sally as well, and, and I did Ain't That a Shame, and Fats Domino said the same thing, that, his record of Ain't That a Shame was number one rhythm and blues, which was a separate genre at that point, yeah. and virtually unknown even to DJs, much less the record public. The main, the um, most of the uh, music public didn't know much about rhythm and blues uh, comparatively, but these songs were starting to crop up, and we were calling them rock and roll. And uh, so Fats' record of Ain't That a Shame in 1957, I think it was, was number one R&B and sold uh, 150000 which was big. I recorded it, my second record, after Two Hearts, Two Kisses, and um, by the Charms. Mm-hmm. And then my next record was Ain't That a Shame, and it sold a million and a half. <laughs> Went to number one pop. And he said, I made much more money from Pat Boone's record than my own. Uh but but then again, it helped him cross over into pop awareness. Uh, he and Little Richard and all of them. Yeah. So there he goes, and the fact he goes on to say that it, even Jesse Jackson uh, acknowledged that he was on like uh, on the BET uh, the BET radio show or something. Uh-huh. And Jesse's daughter runs that. Yeah. And he was talking to her about that, and Jesse calls in and says, "Go ahead and put him on." And it was her dad calling and jesse jackson telling the story about how pat boone he goes he had loved oh man i gotta find it it's right here hang on hang okay on. all Let's right i can find it okay nine is almost but 98 or 99 mm-hmm. um i did an album uh of r&b classics with the original performers so he was doing the r&b classics and then he's pushing this on the radio show yeah. uh, celebration okay. with cool yeah, he was doing these. Hang on, let me find it. And so when I was promoting that Here album with Sentita Jackson on her their Rainbow Coalition station in Chicago, she interrupted 
uh, she said to the engineer, is that who I think it is? On the, oh, yeah, put him on. It was her dad, Jesse Jackson. Mm. And he said, you know, we came to love Pat Boone here in, in uh, Chicago, first through his father-in-law, Red Foley, mm-hmm. who did all our Negro spirituals, and we loved him for that. Peace in the Valley, Closer Walk with the... Oh, yeah. We found out he had a son-in-law who was doing our, our uh, pop songs, our, our rhythm and blues songs, and making them popular to the big white audience. And he said, I'm going to say something I've never said publicly before. This is Jesse Jackson. I think Pat Boone did more for race relations through his music in that period than any other artist. Huh. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, for Jesse Jackson to say that, I mean, stunned me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Pat sounds like the kind of guy you could spend a three- or four-day weekend with, mm-hmm. and he would talk your ear off, and you wouldn't mind it. <laughs> You'd love every second. Yeah. That is exactly what that interview was. Yeah. Really, I think I asked two questions, Yeah, and he just kept, they thought of another story, and I would go, oh, yeah. I said, Let are you go. kidding me? You're, you're, yeah. you're, I'm loving the fool On a roll. This. Yeah. Let oh, him go. Man. I know. Yeah. He was great. No kidding. Uh, you got another one over there from, I do. Uh, from you? I, I, I because have, I want to I want to hold off uh, until you know who uh, we still have and we can you know what we ought to do uh, we ought to carry over a couple of these so think? we can have a we can have a hodgepodge a little potpourri well, if we, you will we next could week. do that we could do that but why don't we do the one and we'll finish with the you want to finish with the one yeah the one the one that started the whole day of hey why don't we find some why don't we do this yeah I had the chance to speak to Olivia Newton John and uh, it was around 2017 and she was supposed to come to town for a show. The show canceled for some reason. Don't know if it was her health or what it was. But uh, I, I I never aired this. This is the first time uh, outside of my computer that this is being aired. And it's a little over five minutes, but she just was a gem to talk to. 102.3 Jacksonville's Greatest Hits is Tony Manuel. Guess who's on the phone with me? She's a four-time Grammy winner. She has five number ones to her credit, ten top ten singles, and two number one LPs. Olivia Newton-John, do you still call those LPs? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> albums. I actually called them albums. Albums. Yeah. Yeah. Or CDs. No, you could say that, too. Fashion. That's not yeah, too... CDs. Yeah, sure. exactly. How are you? I'm not that old-fashioned. I'm great, thank you. Really good. <laughs> when was the last time you came uh, into the area around Jacksonville? It's been a while. My um, my husband's auntie lives in that area. Okay. I can't remember exactly how long ago it was. Yeah, I love Florida. We do too. Yeah. Yeah, we, we live there a lot of the time, so we love it. Okay, yeah. so Olivia, in this day and time, everybody's getting older. How come you're not? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, keep wearing those glasses. Thank you. <laughs> Have to believe it's magic. Okay. Oh, nice. <laughs> I feel really, um, I'm, I'm happy and I do what I love, and I think that makes a big difference. And um, I eat well and take care of myself as much as I can with the crazy life I have. But I'm, I have a very wonderful life, and I'm very grateful for it. Well, and, you've uh, been, thank you. You've been, you've been, you've been on such a roll since the early 70s. I don't know if you've looked into a, uh, there's a billboard book out that has all the chart information from where songs peaked and all that stuff. You have a whole page in the billboard book. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. No. All, that's how many hits you had. Uh, wonderful. I'd like to see that. Yep. <laughs> it's a whole page. I was going through and just reminiscing at all the songs, Physical, Magic, Xanadu, I Honestly Love You. Just the list goes on and on with you. I know. I'm very I'm very lucky. I had the most amazing producer, John Farrow, who wrote, you know, Hopes He Devoted to You and 
and you're the one that I want, and all my big hits, and, you know, he's one of my dearest friends as well. And so we had the most amazing time, you know, singing and recording together, and, um, you know, Jeff and wrote Xanadu, and Steve McKinnon, who's another dear Australian friend of mine, wrote uh, Physical, and Peter Allen wrote I'm So Lovely. Ozzy, see, Ozzy's a big in my life. Yeah. <laughs> well, and yeah. I, I, there was another stat that I saw earlier today, Physical, uh, is on it, there's a there's a list of the top 100 sexiest songs of all time and physical ranks number eight. Isn't that funny? Yeah, I ne- I'd never thought of it as well. I guess I did think of it as sexy. That's why we did the video to kind of anti-sex it, but it made it oh <laughs> better, whatever way you want to look at it. Right. I said we need we need to do a video because this song, you know, we need that exercise. <laughs> Well, and I'm sure, uh, I'm sure right before the video, you were in charge of getting all the guys lined up for the video, correct? Uh, no, I didn't. The, <laughs> the director and the choreographer. <laughs> you didn't even have a say in that? No, no. It was all their idea. Okay. Know, how far it went. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> we had a blast. I I'm sure you did. Yeah. <laughs> so what's, what's going on with you now? I know that you're touring. You're going to be hitting Universal the night after you're here at Orange Park at the Thrasher Horn Center this weekend. Yes, yes. So I'm in Los Angeles now. I just got back from Chile where I was in a amazing music festival called Viña del Mar. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's just like the South American version of Eurovision and then they have international artists come in. That was incredible yeah. experience. I love Chile. Very nice. And I've been doing a tour with my friends Amy Skye and Nelson Chapman of the CD that we made together called Live On that has been a wonderful healing project for us. So I've been doing that. And then this, my own show. So pretty busy. <laughs> you are busy and not slowing down, huh? No. Well, for me, this year, compared to last year, because last year I was in Las Vegas as well. So I'm not doing Las Vegas this year. Okay. I finished my three years there. But, you know, I'm enjoying it. I'm having fun. Every time I think that, oh, this must be the end, something interesting comes up. So so you ran um, for three years in Vegas? Grateful. Yeah. Wow. I ended up being there for three. It was great. I bet. So is, is there any place that you've, uh, I guess, you know, it's hard to say because you've toured all over the world so many times, over and over and over again. If you had a favorite place to go tomorrow to either do a show or just visit, where would you go? I'd go to Gaia Retreat and Spa, which is my spa in Australia um, that I started with a friend of mine. And it's just in the most beautiful part of Australia. And we have wonderful massage and incredible food. And it's just my place to go if I want time off. So that's where I go. Awesome. <laughs> It's nice to have some uh, unwinding time. Absolutely. And home. Like right now, my cat is next to me on the bed. My dog is by my feet. I have horses and chickens. And so, you know, of course, just staying home is always, for me, the gift. That's yeah. the biggest gift is just being home. Yeah. So you have a farm, basically. <laughs> that's what you're telling me. <laughs> a little farm. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what I've always liked. I like to be in the countryside, and I love animals and fresh air and, you know, nature. That's a beautiful thing. Well, Olivia, we're looking forward to seeing you Saturday night at the Thrasher Horn Center. Thank You're going to be there at 8 o'clock. I know it's going to be a wonderful time. How, uh, how long do you play, approximately? About 90 minutes. Okay. And it's it's um, my hits, basically, a journey through my life with music. And that's quite a journey, no doubt. Yeah, it's been a wonderful journey. Absolutely. Olivia, thank you for yeah. the time. I appreciate it thank so much. Thank you so much. There's Olivia Newton-John. How sweet was that woman? Yeah, she was just adorable, adorable on the phone. Yeah, I mean, just, we probably, it was another one of those deals where we could have talked for a little while longer, but... um, Right. 
you know, I, I really wanted, I, I didn't want to really go into the whole cancer thing, but I figured while I was asking her how she was. Right. That's I a great way. To, it's a great way to phrase it because then they can tell you what, what they want to tell you about. Yeah. Themselves. And that's, I, I wanted to leave a generic because if she wanted to go there, great, but she didn't. Yeah, so. it, it is. It, it's amazing the uh, for a bunch of goobers who like talking up records. That, uh, that because what we ended up doing was finding a little bit of some good uh, interview skills. Yep, and you. and so it's nice. You know, it's nice to have that when you're able to. Because uh, Larry King, Larry King gave me the uh, this tip. This is I'm dropping names. Ed McMahon t- gave me a tip. You are. And now Larry you're King. just a damn name dropper. Larry King gave me this tip in person. He was like, when you when you ask a question, and uh, and yeah. the, and they'll give you the answer they yeah. want. They'll yeah. give you the answer that, that they're they're prepped to say. Right. All you do is nod at them, uh-huh. nod at them, and then they'll start talking from the heart. Yeah. That's when you'll get the real answer. Yeah. And he was pointing at me the whole time. Of course with he the was. Suspenders. Yeah. And I thought, man, that's pretty cool, Larry. I that appreciate is cool. that. Yep. That is cool. Yeah. It's, it's hard to do on the phone, though, Larry, but well, I appreciate it. Duh. Yeah, quit pointing at me. <laughs> I don't know where that finger's been. Yeah, and it was a phone interview. Yeah. And he still pointed at <laughs> Hey, we have a couple of we have a couple of pieces of mail over here. Hey, we gotta open up the mail hey, somewhere. We somewhere, do somewhere. Over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there he is. Woo! It's time to check the freak mail. He's such a freak. We got an email from a newbie, Susan Marks. She heard last week's or, or two weeks ago that the episode 17, which by the way, episode 17 is our most downloaded episode. Of all of them. How about that? Number one. That's nice. Yeah. Susan said, I just Thank had you. to send a message, even though I've never sent one to you guys before. I love your shows. I think with Linda sitting in the audience chair. Oh, Lord. It was absolutely hilarious. Her vivacious laugh fits right in along with you guys, and you have got to have her on it as a regular. Oh, boy. That'll that'll make Linda's head go, like, through the roof. <laughs> right. Just like Thank- it's all because of her. Right. Thank you guys <laughs> so much agree. for entertaining all of us out here, and keep up the wonderful work. That's nice. Thank you. Thank you, Susan, Susan Marks. Marks. Not related to Richard. Or Groucho. Or, uh, oh, yeah, or Groucho. Or, or Carl. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> and she'll go on freaking Ancestry and find there's some kind of a link. Mike Whalen, our buddy Mike, wrote back to us. I had asked, uh, I think last time, uh, yeah. to give us some information as to what's up with Mike because we really didn't know. He's in Houston. And then he throws in, you know, the place that's doing the tighten up? Yeah, yeah. Come on, with Archie we, Bell and we the from Houston, Texas, and, and we dance as and we uh, and we dance as well as we sing. What, yeah. Is that what they do? We yeah. dance as well as we want. Yeah, as well as well as we want. Is yeah. it dance as well as we want? Yep. He up. subscribes on a podcast. I don't even know. I've never seen it or heard of it. Overwatch. It's on his iPhone. Oh, that's cool. But uh, that's pretty cool. And he says maybe one day you can do an episode entitled "Intentionally Misheard Lyrics." Which is what I'm beginning to suspect some of these really are. No, uh, they're not. No, they're not. We I didn't don't intentionally think. listen to no, them wrong. No, I mean, John and I, I mean, I can't help it. My wife can't hear things. We, it's um, true. Nothing intentional on these. No. No, and that's the no. funny part because they're that, all true. Everyone I've gotten from my friends yeah. have been like, you know what? Because yeah. now you've got 20 million people that, you yeah. know, you can say, uh, oh, yeah, I got one. Uh, yep. That pizza burning one. Like, who the hell oh, would have thought that pizza burning one? It was classic. If Never we had video going. pizza burning. If we had video going, Matt, as the audience of one that day, he, shaking well, his head. The Rolling Stones expert. Oh, the, the geek. Yeah, yeah, he's rolling stone. Shaking his head, no, was so funny. Exactly. So that, this is all honestly true, and, and we yeah. haven't made any of those up. No. But this, we got Archie Bell in the drills here. Though, yeah, right? here we go. With the tight note. Man, what a great bass line. Oh, here we go. You didn't know that at the beginning? No. You're too busy editing. I love it. the bass line. I just never heard yeah. it before. 
on the uh, yeah. before before the song. Hi everybody. Hey, it's RG. RG. All right. I'm Archie Bell with the drill. How you yes, doing? I'm Houston, Texas. Yeah. We don't only sing. Yeah. But we dance just as good as we want. It's just just as good as we want. Good as In we Houston, want. we just started a new dance. Call it tighten up. Call it tighten up. Yeah. yeah, baby. And you know what? Archie went to Vietnam and the band, and that was it. Yeah. 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 Archie Bell and the Drells. What's one of the great songs? It is. Now make it mellow. Wow, 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 wow. Yep. Just Man. clapping. Yeah. Beautiful stuff. T Man and John at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you um, about these interviews, or maybe you have some other misheard lyrics because you know we're going to do another episode of those. We're getting into Rogan territory with the length of this podcast. But we I know, thank right? you for putting up with us. We will have more. We're not doing three hour podcasts. No, we're not. Don't even go there. <laughs> we're not doing it. But... I will never do a two hour podcast. Um, Hell, of course, then again, I said you... I would never do a podcast, period. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> we're about two stories away from hitting two hours. No, we're not. No, <laughs> not really, if you... Not two a, really good stories. If you hit Patrice Russian, we are getting out of here. We're not doing anything else. That's all I'm saying. We have got more interviews. We do. We'll have we, to do another episode. We still have uh, We still have a classic Tony Orlando interview that yeah. you did. Yeah. God bless you, Jay. Yeah. Um, with, uh, we got uh, Tim McGraw. Okay. Uh, Lee Bryce, uh, a country singer, Lee Bryce, uh, on a, fu- uh, a funny way of how he prepares for outdoor shows. Here's John, the name dropper. And they're right here. I know. Uh, <laughs> and I and I have I one that I may have to go ahead and cut up because it was so damn long. The Tony one? Uh, no, not well. The Tony one's a long one too. Yeah, but, 16 uh, minutes. But a guy from Little River Band. Oh yeah, what's who's his name? Still playing Wayne. Wayne. Wayne's still playing with them. Is he? Wayne Nelson. <laughs> When did he, I thought you said Wayne Rogers? Uh, maybe I did, and I just I'm Hawkeye. I'm old. I mean, uh, Trapper I make John. Mistakes. Trapper John was. Here. Yeah, I make mistakes. Okay, yeah, I think it is Wayne Nelson. Yeah. And we'll do that. Also, uh, we have um, a couple of overflow. We yeah, we ought to do the uh, catch up, the catch up episode where we will uh, we will uh, do only if we can get Heinz to sponsor it. Hey, I mean, come on. We'll do a catch-up where we'll have a little bit of this, a little bit of that. The goulash. The goulash oh, episode okay. of the Music Freaks where we'll do misheard lyrics and and we'll do some extra more interview things All right. and some other stuff. I think that might be a good idea to catch up. Like, Why not? We're at 18. I know. Podcast number 18. What the hell? Every so often we got to you know tidy up around this joint. And if you've never heard episode four, that's the Casey Kasem episode. you got to listen to that. Casey's swearing at people is classic. It is down, it is down it's, on the it's phone. It's down on the phone. <laughs> My classic. hair's on fire. And I'm, I'm Casey Kasem. My <laughs> hair's on fire, and I'm Casey Kasem. <laughs> that was actually Casey. I that was a, that, that was a phone. That was a phone interview. I, that I didn't have. All I have uh, is the little clips I had. Of left, course man. you did. We, that's all we save from Casey Kasem is the little snippets that we can use on Shake, Shake, Shake Your Booty or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I know oh, that was they knew he wouldn't make it. Really? Really? <laughs> oh, they knew oh. he... Okay, yeah, uh, shake, no. shake, Shake Your Booty. There you Dang, go. That's what we're doing. And on that yeah. note... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Lordy. We'll be back for episode 19 if uh, if they keep the lights on in this Good place. Good Lord. Yeah. Yep. Lord willing and the creek don't rise. That's it, baby. And we'll see you.